Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Mr. Pop. That's the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Four score and seven years ago. When in the course of human events. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. I'm Mike Duncan, writer and producer of the History of Rome and Revolutions podcasts. George Washington, 1732 to 1799, was the first president of the United States, serving from 1789 to 1797. He was the commander-in-chief of the Continental Army during the American Revolutionary War and one of the founding fathers of the United States. General, if you would please place your left hand on the Bible and raise your right hand. Repeat after me. Friends. I, George Washington, do solemnly swear. The time for the election of a new citizen to administer the executive government is soon upon us. And the time has come for you to decide who will be clothed with that important trust. The colonies around about the time of Washington's birth, so we're talking, you know, the 1720s. So you have three sort of blocks of colonies. You have up in New England, uh, then middle colonies, which are Pennsylvania, New York, and then the southern colonies, Virginia, of those being the most important. 
You've gone through your first wave of the new immigrants getting the colony set up. So Washington is born into a society that is in many ways settled, sort of the the old frontier fight for survival period of the colonies has passed. You have fairly major towns or cities, as we like to call them, which is Boston and Philadelphia and New York are starting to crop up down in Virginia, where Washington is from, you have these large settled landed estates. So Washington is born into a settled colonial situation. So this is um, episode two of 10 American Presidents, and I've decided to do things a little bit differently. Um, Instead of just going straight into a show, and the next show is going to be on George Washington, I've decided to have a little bit of a, a segue show where I speak to our narrator, kind of off mic, but kind of on mic at the same time, about your Facebook questions and also about topics and and things about uh, America. So I have with me uh, Mike Duncan, a podcaster that needs absolutely no introduction. Um, He has uh, kind of almost, he's almost one of the standard bearers of the history podcasting genre with his podcast, The History of Rome and now is um, illuminating us on the French Revolution with his Revolutions podcast. Hello, Mike. How are you? I am great. How are you? Uh, Not too bad, sir. Not too bad. Um, Now, we have some questions for you, Mike, from our Facebook uh, group. And um, if you, dear listener, would like to send a question to a future narrator of 10 American Presidents, why don't you join our Facebook group, which is 10 American Presidents on Facebook. Um, and, And then basically then you can pose any question that you like as long as it's to do with America and its president. So first question is from Ian Watts and he is really curious, uh, Mike, to find out what Washington's beliefs were regarding slavery. Was he aware of the fundamental contradiction between the principles he was fighting for in the American Revolution and the institution of slavery itself and the fact that he actually owned slaves? Um, I think the word that would that gets used the most in talking about George Washington and slavery is uh, conflicted. Uh, George Washington was very conflicted about slavery. Um, A lot of the guys who were in that Virginia aristocracy were conflicted about slavery. They recognized that holding humans in bondage was not the greatest thing to be doing morally. Um, They didn't really like it as an institution, but they also were unable to see any other way to run their plantations and to run the economy of their home states without them. Uh, So Washington's evolution on slavery really goes from him being a young planter um, and inheriting slaves just like everybody else around him does. He inherits these slaves. Um, As he progresses, though, he sort of moves into this idea of, okay, I I own these slaves. Um, I expect them to do work for me. If they don't do work for me, you know, I can can bring the hammer down on them. Um, But I'm going to stop really buying and selling slaves, right? So he he takes a step back uh, once he hits middle age about he doesn't really want to buy slaves anymore. He doesn't want to engage in the actual traffic of human beings. through most of his life, he's also pretty dedicated to the idea of not breaking up slave families, um, which is something that routinely would happen. 
Um, so if one of his slaves married another one of his slaves, he wouldn't just sell off that slave and break up the family. He was opposed to that. Um, but again, he continues to keep them all in, in bondage because he can't really see a way out of it. So it's like he knows in his heart that what he's doing is wrong, but on a practical level and on an economic level, um, it would kind of be too hard for him personally to give up all of these slaves. So he doesn't do it uh, in his own lifetime. Uh, when he when he's writing up his will, however, he does you know, put in the famous clause that he is going to free all of his slaves. Um, and then, of course, he, he owned some slaves, and then Martha Washington's estate technically owned a bunch of other slaves. But the idea was that all of his slaves would be freed um, upon their death. So he, it progresses from him just accepting it as the norm to understanding that it's bad and wanting to do away with it, but really not personally being able to see any way to do it. And then, of course, as as president or as commander of you know the Continental Army, he's not encouraging the idea of liberty for everyone because um, he doesn't you know he doesn't think that it ought to extend to slaves or at least it can't extend to slaves at that moment in history um, so it's like it's, it, there's a little bit of you know on the one hand he is personally enlightened about it but he never really does anything courageous necessarily to to do anything about it even though he knew full well that it was a complete contradiction fighting this you know war for liberty while keeping slaves second question from adam von hammond hopefully i'm pronouncing that correctly adam i'd be curious to know about his relationship with adams and was his opinion of the vice presidency as little as has been sometimes been portrayed um washington and adams there was not a lot of love between them um you know, Adams, Adams did famously, I think he was the one who formally proposed that George Washington be made commander in chief of all the of the Continental Army uh, in the early days of, of the war in 1775. But as the war progressed, um, Adams himself became less enamored with Washington and less impressed by Washington. And he did think that there it was possible that Washington was doing a bad job running the war. Um, he also thought that Washington, as sort of this this figure, this symbol for the movement, that he couldn't just be dumped. Um, but privately, uh, in letters and, and then in talking to to people around him in in Congress and then back home in Massachusetts, you know, Adams was very critical of Washington's conduct during the war, and that got back to Washington um, because Washington had a lot of friends everywhere, and they were willing to tell him that Adams was saying this stuff. And Washington was a guy who was very proud. Um, and he was dealing with very difficult circumstances, and he didn't like people carping at him. Uh, he wasn't somebody who who dealt particularly well with criticism. Uh, and so, knowing that Adams had been had been basically on his case behind his back, um, you know, as you move into the presidency, and then Wash or Adams becomes Washington's vice president. You know, Adams is not really brought into Washington's inner circle. They're they're polite to each other. They're cordial to each other. Um, but Adams is never a major figure in Washington's inner circle. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Washington kind of had a grudge against Adams. And then Adams rubbed a lot of people. John Adams rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Um, but, yeah, I think that's really why there was a distance between them. And then 
as he's going around setting precedent after precedent after precedent as the first president, um, one of the precedents he definitely sets is the vice presidency is a big nothing of an office, you know, famously described as, uh, you know, not being worth more than a bucket of warm spit. And Adams <laughs> realizes, you know, shortly into the into his first term in office that the vice presidency has no power and that the only person who probably could have given the vice presidency any power was Washington. And because Washington and Adams were not personally close, yeah, the vice presidency is relegated to nothingness, uh, God, until into the late 20th century. From Thomas Daly, um, how aware was Washington about just how subversive Jefferson was when he was Secretary of State vis-a-vis -vis France? Washington was mostly in the dark um, until... Oh, 1793, 1794. Um, he he didn't believe that Jefferson and then Madison too um, were actually running this shadow campaign against him or against his administration, mostly focusing on uh, their shared hatred of Alexander Hamilton. Um, but Washington was listening more and more to Hamilton. And so as Jefferson and Madison are setting up this... Um, you know, the secret, you know, media campaign kind of against Hamilton and then through Hamilton against Washington. There's lots of evidence that Washington had no idea that this was going on. Uh, he didn't know that these anonymous letters uh, or anonymous essays were actually being written by Madison and Jefferson, and he's still going to them asking for advice as they're sort of tearing him down. So he, he didn't realize it, the full extent of Jefferson's duplicity um, and I think duplicity is a pretty good word for it, um, really until after after Jefferson has resigned as Secretary of State. He starts to hear more and more stuff. And then by the time that Washington is resigning the presidency, I mean, they're like Washington basically hates Jefferson at this point, uh, in part because, again, Washington's not great with criticism in general, um, but also just because of the way that Jefferson conducted himself, um, you know, being... You know, so, so sort of to Washington's face saying one thing and then just immediately going behind his back and saying something completely different. Uh, Washington had no, no truck with that. And so by the end, he's, he's like referring to Jefferson as like that man. Like that's the word that he's using, like that man at Monticello. Um, so it, it takes a while. Um, Jefferson is able to sort of fly under the radar there for a long time. And then the last question which I'm going to pose to you, Mr. Duncan, is from Philip Cameron, and he says, could he have really made himself king if he wanted? I don't think he could have. But that's a good question. Um, and as I'm sure we'll get into when we talk about the show, uh, or we talk about him in the show, George Washington did not want to be king. Uh, there were people who would have made him king. There were people who encouraged him to be king, um, at least some kind of elected king, you know, very constitutional monarch sort of thing. Like we we elect a king and that king then serves for life. Um, there was some there was some play at that. But, you know, the entire war is this fight in part symbolically against monarchy, um, although that is obviously a gross oversimplification. But. For Washington to then try to make himself a king, I don't think 
it necessarily would have flown. I don't think that that would have been something that the country, having just emerged from this conflict, would have accepted. Um, and then it's also, it's kind of a moot point because there was nobody who was trying to be less of a king than George Washington through his whole life. So you'd basically have to imagine George Washington being a completely different kind of person with a completely different personality uh, to get this scenario where George Washington becomes king. I hope you enjoyed that very short question answer session with Mike. The Washington show should be ready about the end of April, so check your um, RSS feeds then or check iTunes around about that time. Now, don't forget, if you want to pose a question to another narrator of 10 American Presidents, you can do that by going onto our Facebook group. Simply go onto Facebook, search for 10 American Presidents, and that 10, the numeral 10. And you can go and join in the fun and the revelry there and debate with other listeners of the show about who is your favourite American president or anything of that ilk. Um, Now, another thing I need to exhort you to do is to please write reviews on iTunes. That is the best way that I can get new listeners to the show. And quite frankly, I quite like reading uh, pleasant reviews. So if you have a pleasant thought about the site, please go onto iTunes or Stitcher or another podcatcher and please go and write that review because it really means a lot to me and it means that more listeners get to hear about the show. Um, Also, you can find me on Twitter where we are 10USAP. Um, So please go onto Twitter, follow us on Twitter and uh, feel free to tweet us. You can tweet me personally at Royfields, that's R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D. I think that's about it. Um, As I said, uh, The Washington Show, where Mike goes into uh, things in much more detail into into the life of the first president, should be with you just about the end of April. So I'll see you all in about three to four weeks' time. Mr. Pop. That the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Four score and seven years ago. When in the course of human events. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.